Good evening, ladies and gentle niggas. And welcome to another episode of Intimate Revelations with the Debbie Negro. I'm your illustrious host, Nico Lamar, aka Nick Tropicana, aka Hershey Hawkins, aka Young Bloom Jew, but also go by the rehabilitated fuckboy. And, you know, this is the first episode of 2019. Actually, the first episode since, like, November of last year. But, I will say, it's not like I didn't record. Like, I've been recording. But, like, episodes weren't coming off right. I ain't like the way they sound. It didn't sound authentic to me. You know? Like, I got thrown off, man. Like... Somewhere in the fray of all this shit that I've gone through, like with moving and grieving and you know what I'm saying, just questioning myself, like I lost my voice, man, and shit just wasn't coming off authentic. As well as I think my affinity for porn kind of fucked up my MacBook. So, I mean, all that, eh, you know, but (laughs) being serious, like. I recorded some episodes, like I said, shit didn't come out right, or, you know, like, I had technical difficulties, like, I recorded a 90-minute episode a couple weeks ago, man, and, like, the the, the audio was all fucked up, had the homie on, Kenyon, uh, the DM whisperer, he came through, and we had a pretty good conversation, man, we had some drinks flowing, but the audio didn't come out right, so without further ado, man, I'm back. Feels good to be back with y'all, recording, getting my voice right, you know what I'm saying? I know y'all miss me because I missed y'all, and I appreciate y'all, you know, like, asking me, like, when I'm going to record, when's the next episode, so, to answer your question, here's the episode now, ain't no guests, no features like J. Cole, it's just me, so, I mean, this, 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 this instrumental, man, is... It's so fitting, because it just, it just touches my soul, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, without further ado, man, I think this is episode 9, either 9 or 10, but let's get into the Deborah Negro, man. So, first topic of the day. What a time to be alive. If you are a young black NFL athlete, oh man, it's good times for you right now. As some of you might might know, or if you don't, Antonio Brown succeeded in forcing his way out of Pittsburgh. He has signed a lucrative contract with the Oakland Raiders, which I don't know how I feel about going to Oakland. But I do love the fact that this young black man is getting his worth after years of kind of being underpaid and underappreciated in Pittsburgh. I mean, the man, all he's done is gone six straight seasons with 100-plus catches and over 1,100 yards. I mean, he's only a top three receiver in the league top one of you depending on who you ask and you got a GM that's coming out and 
referring to 52 grown men as kids. Oh, and and the and the father of these kids is Ben Roethlisberger. So so Ben Roethlisberger, the man that doesn't wear a helmet when he rides motorcycles, the man that has been accused not once, not twice, but I think it was like three times of sexual misconduct. He he's your he's your leader. And he has carte blanche to call out anybody. I mean, has Ben Roethlisberger ever been confused with being Philip Rivers or, you know, Aaron Rodgers, let alone like a Tom Brady or or a Peyton Manning? I mean, he's more on the level of Eli. I mean, Eli, two-time Super Bowl champion. Eli was the number one pick in the 2004 draft, the same draft that Ben Roethlisberger was in. Other than that, I mean, really, besides being on a way better franchise, a way more stable franchise with way better defenses over the course of your career, what's really the difference between Ben Roethlisberger and Eli Manning? We talking about we talking about Ben Roethlisberger, man. Like he he's been riding Le'Veon Bell. He's been riding Antonio Brown. He's gonna ride Juju Smith Schuster. But he had Troy Polamalu. He had James Harrison. He had Joey Porter. Like, come on, man. Let's let's be real when we're talking about this guy. Nobody's gonna accuse Ben Roethlisberger of being a great leader. Motherfucker's not Vince Lombardi. And you're gonna call these grown men kids. Like, how can you go back to how could you how could you how could you play with somebody or play for somebody that will say something that egregious publicly? There's no there's no telling what they're saying privately. And you got this, this is showing you like Le'Veon Bell couldn't even get paid. Le'Veon Bell is painted out to be the Joker, to be a villain. And all he wanted to do was get his worth. This man got three three or four straight seasons of 400 touches. He can't get paid. He can't get paid like Todd, uh, Todd Gurley. When, they, when they're the two best running backs in the league. So I, I love this. I love that, you know, um, Antonio Brown played the hell out of this franchise. He forced his way out of there, which is rare in the NFL. And I love the fact that Kaepernick got paid. This is a great time to be a black athlete in the NFL, man. These these guys, this is this is trailblazing stuff. And people need to to acknowledge this and, and understand the climate that they're living in. And I think all of this is really a testament. And I hate to say it, but this is really a testament to like LeBron James, man. Like LeBron James is an athlete has never undervalued himself. LeBron James has never been, well, since the decision, LeBron James has treated himself like he's a walking corporation because he knows his value. And all these athletes are following suit. And that's why they treating LeBron James, uh, Rich Paul, Maverick Carter, they acting like these dudes are um, Candyman 
or Hellraiser or something. They act like Rich Paul is uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. They're afraid of these people, man. And I love this shit. This is this is this is the reason why LeBron James is in that goat conversation. This is goat shit that he's doing. He got the same crew that he came in with, the same wife, but these dudes aren't a posse. They're not a hanger on. Everybody eats, but everybody brings something to the table, man. All these dudes go out, they hunt, they fish on their own, man, and they bring that shit back as a as a family, as a collective. That's the type of shit that makes LeBron a goat. I mean, Michael Jordan, nobody nobody is going to win six straight like six straight like Jordan. Well, not six straight, but six and oh like Jordan. But Jordan never did what LeBron did. Jordan never leveraged himself like LeBron. Shit. Until his last few seasons, Michael Jordan wasn't even getting paid like that. And he was the most valuable athlete on the planet. Like, LeBron James is probably not even the best player in the league no more, but he's the most valuable. Like, he leaves Cleveland, and Cleveland lose $200 million in revenue. He leaves Miami. That's why Pat Riley was fuming. He, Pat Riley really wanted to call LeBron an ungrateful nigga, but he couldn't. But this dude, he puts asses in the seats. He leverages his value. He knows what he wants to do. Like, even with this L.A. shit, this L.A. shit is big because with this, this uh, uninterrupted, the shop, like, I love when LeBron says... Like, he wants to be an owner. And I believe him when he says he's going to do this. Like, even with his, to, to have the foresight to to not take the money from McDonald's, but take take the business relationship with Blaze Pizza. And that pizza is actually good, by the way. You get a fucking medium pizza customized with fresh ingredients for like $9. And LeBron leveraged that into millions. Taking the equity with beats instead of the check and getting paid 30 something million f- for pretty much nothing when they when Dr. Dre and them sell that shit like LeBron James is actually leaving a blueprint like the difference between Michael Jordan and LeBron is Michael Jordan left something that kids could only dream to obtain he didn't leave any breadcrumbs he didn't leave any any footsteps he just left a looming ghost but LeBron like if you if like kids in this social media age like I can I can it's it's tangible I can see it you know I can I can I can see his steps and if I'm in this position like I could dream this I can you know I could formulate a plan to to if I can't own a team but I can leverage this to leave a legacy and then not only that he like gives back like I, I spent years like hating on LeBron, but it's like, how can you hate this man? Got the same high school suite. LeBron James has to have either the greatest team ever assembled around a, a, a public figure, or he or he really just has to be a really good guy. Like the biggest things that you can say about LeBron is there's rumors that he was in some chick's DMs, but I mean, there's no receipts on that. And the decision, like when he just tr- decided to go to Miami, like that's the biggest thing that you can complain about him. I mean, a nigga, I mean, he cries a lot when he on the court. 
I mean, he ran Kyrie out of Cleveland, but Kyrie had to know, like, this is LeBron. Like, come on, man. You just got to be Batman for, I mean, you got to be Robin to Batman for a little bit. But, nigga, you could be Nightwing if you just, you just hold on. Just hold on. You could have been Nightwing. And even still, like, I think Kyrie recognizes that. And I'm saying it now, Kyrie's going to go to L.A. Because it's like, nigga, they don't need you in Boston. You might as well. But anyway, but anyway, back to Antonio Brown. I, I, I got on a tangent. This is great for the NFL, man. I, 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 I hope more athletes are that are in the position that Antonio Brown is. You got to be, you can't just be any old athlete. Like one of, like this offensive, I think he was offensive lineman or defensive lineman for the Chiefs. He was saying that he couldn't do that, but, because he ain't on Antonio Brown's level, but when you in that position, man, to have the, have the guts to be the bad guy. Have the guts to be the bad guy because you got to have the for, you got to have the foresight to know that or to believe in yourself, to bet on yourself that it's going to pay off. Now, the nigga went out to Oakland. They not finna be winning in Oakland, but at least at least he's getting paid enough to leave a legacy. So Oh, and, I mean and and Oakland has three first round draft picks. So there's no telling what they could do. So they they with this paying off that they only they they give a third and a fifth for Antonio Brown, the Amari Cooper trade doesn't look so bad now. Even still, even though I don't believe in John Gruden, hopefully they can. I've never seen a team in this type of position with three three first round draft picks and Antonio Brown coming into the fold. Would they got to make this happen? They gotta go. They gotta go into Vegas looking good. Hopefully they can get somebody. I don't know what they picks are. Hopefully they can get like a defensive, a defensive lineman, like a defensive force to replace Khalil Mack. Cause I I can forgive the Amari Cooper trade. I can't forgive the the Khalil Mack trade. You imagine what they looking like now with Antonio Brown coming in on offense with Khalil Mack wreaking havoc on the defense. Shit. But anyway, shout out to you, Antonio Brown, man. I'm I'm happy for you with your victory, man. And hopefully you shave that stupid-ass mustache off, man. You're too rich for that. Hopefully you're happy. Hopefully your family's blessed. And I hope more NFL players take a, take a you know what I'm saying, a page out of, out of your playbook, man. Because it's, it's, it's long overdue that the NFL, man, they pay what they owe. Because... Like what they take from y'all, they should be paying y'all way more, man. You risk your you risk your life and your limbs every Sunday, and these motherfuckers think just because you make pennies on the dollar to what the NFL brings in that they own you and they don't. Like even these fans, these, the NFL's fans are really blind and racist because even they feel like just because they're a fan they own you. So I want more black men to rise up. Understand your worth and force these motherfuckers to pay what they owe, man. They they got enough uh, minimal labor out of y'all, man. Pay what you owe, leave something for your family, man. Fuck it. If you can't win a championship, be like Melo. At least Melo gonna be rich, goddammit. So, fuck it. Shout out to Antonio Brown, man. Oh, Tyler. I don't know how to hog tie people. What would I hog tie?
My kids is listening to this. All of this nonsense. And I ain't been spending no time with them. So last week, CBS, CBS uh, interviewed Robert Sylvester Kelly. And, you know, shout out to Gail King for doing a wonderful interview. I wish her girlfriend would have interviewed Harvey Weinstein, but I mean, that's another topic for another day. But anyway, Robert Kelly was on on uh, CBS, and uh, I don't think there's ever been, outside of OJ writing the, I didn't do it, but if I did, this is how I would. I don't think there's ever been anything more incriminating ever done by someone that's under investigation for a crime. Like, R. Kelly has the worst legal team I have ever seen in my life. Like, why the fuck would they allow this man to go on the television and give this interview? Clearly, this man can't read. Clearly, this man is not the most intelligent or the most uh, articulate person. And he's going out there. I mean, Donald Trump could have done better than that. Like, come on, R. Kelly. Like, clearly, uh, you're, you're guilty. The nigga said his past with young girls isn't relevant because in the most guilty tone ever, he beat his case. They could have stopped the interview right there. Nigga, you're guilty. Any, anybody that says that that they're innocent because they beat the case, like, he, he never said he's innocent one time in the interview. Like, I, I don't understand this. I don't understand what his motive was. I don't understand what he thought was going to come from come from this. I, and then I don't think he understands the, the, the levity of his crimes. The niggas saying that he bringing up the blogs and all this. Like, nigga, you're facing 70 years, fam. This is way past blog sites like you had a six part documentary made about you sir I don't even think Roots was that long and that they, that covered a whole generation of slavery fam like you just should have laid low you should have bailed out you should have t- kept your black ass quiet and hopefully Jesse Smollett came back up because you coming out with this, bro, before you got to go on trial, man. Like, oh, I think, I, I, matter of fact, I think it hit him. I think it did hit him that, God damn it, I'm going to jail. Right when he went off and started jumping up in front of Gail. Because, I mean, I, I know I know that moment right there. You know, you get, you get caught up. Your girl, your girl asking you who is such and such. You thought you deleted the text, but she got the fucking printouts. That literally happened to me. One one day, man, I was laying in bed asleep. And this is back in the flip phone days. You know what I'm saying? We had the flip phone. The little Motorola jump. I'm laying in bed, man. I get a fucking cell phone. A Motorola razor right in the side of my face. Like, bow. Nigga, who is blah, blah, blah. What? And I was caught off guard, so my first reaction was to break my phone, and maybe she couldn't under she wouldn't see the text, but she was like, "Nigga, I 
printed I printed the text out. I got him. Shit. That's what that's when our, when when Gail was saying Robert, Robert, that was her saying, I got the receipts, baby. We all we they, the receipts have always been there. Like, I don't understand how the nigga got off the first time. Cause the tape that was clearly him on the tape. I think he had on like a fuchsia silk shirt. And he had a joint in the computer chair eating her ass. Like, he had diabetes and he knew the cost of insulin was too high. He got to eat it out of her ass. Like, I don't even know how the nigga's still on the streets. Like, it's crazy how complicit everybody was in, in his crimes. Like, I don't care who you are. We were all complicit, man. If you listen to uh, Trapped in the Closet or TP2.com or you ever stepped in the name of love, man, you you guilty because all of that, all of that affinity, all of that love, all those plays, it just gave him the power that he needed to continue to do what he was doing. And, you know... We all allowed this shit to happen. And it took life. I'm like, niggas is acting like because Lifetime made this documentary, like all of this shit was like, I can't believe this. Like, bro, there was a tape. And I know, you know, if you're over the age of 32, you knew somebody that knew somebody that seen this shit. We've all talked about this shit. This shit has been on the internet for damn near 20 years. And now everybody's acting like we got new information. Like, niggas knew that he had fucked Aaliyah. Like, niggas, we knew about that. Like, I feel that, and this is one of the things, this is one of the, one of the things I want to talk about because, you know, the interview has been playing and Kenan, Kenan Thompson, Saturday Night Live, they did a, they did a spoof on it. You know, like the the hogtie people. I don't know. I ain't hogtie her. That shit was playing and sh- and going through the internet and everybody was laughing, hee hee and ha ha. And, and I feel like that plays into and an, plays into the you know what I'm saying the narrative of how niggas like him get away with shit. Cause like right around the time that the the sex tape and shit came out, you had Dave Chappelle doing the 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 spiff the spoof and the skit on his show and that shit was like a national phenomenon with the with the ignition remix and although what we're talking about is super serious because we humorize it i feel like that kind of humanizes it and you because you're you're feeding two different sides of your your consciousness, you know something is terrible, but you're consciously laughing at this shit because he's making a joke about it. Subconsciously, I think that shit pushes the... It pushes that this is so terrible to the back of your subconscious. And, and then you something else comes out and we all forget about it because we live in a microwave attention span society. Like, because... This shit is terrible, but just just even still, like 
before this, you had Jesse Smollett. Everybody was talking about Jesse Smollett for like two weeks. And Jesse just laid low. And then R. Kelly comes out. And now the R. Kelly shit is eating up headlines. And then, boom, right into the zenith of this R. Kelly shit, Michael Jackson comes out. You know what I'm saying? And it's just a repeated cycle. And these people just keep flying on the radar. FYI, if you didn't know, uh, the judge declined to dismiss charges against Harvey Weinstein. So that fucking rapist will be on trial, I think, sometime this month or in June. I can't, but I, I, I can't remember. But y'all should know that that is happening. So all you niggas that want to excuse R. Kelly, because what about Harvey Weinstein? What about Woody Allen? What about such a blah, blah, blah? Stop justifying black crime with white issues. Like, just because just because somebody else gets away with something, that doesn't mean R. Kelly should get away with what he did. That doesn't mean we shouldn't act like this motherfucker isn't what goes bump in the night. He's a fucking monster. So we gotta catch the monsters that we can while keeping the the light on the others. Don't justify shit that he did because somebody else isn't getting the scrutiny that they are. If we hold people accountable in due time, everybody that does shit like this will face consequences for what they're doing. But we got to stop doing that as black people, man. We got to stop doing that shit because it look, it's stupid. It looks stupid. You know, like, come on. But anyway, back to R. Kelly. The nigga's facing 70 years in prison and... I hope he gets every day that the judge can give him. But I will say, I do believe R. Kelly when he says that he didn't hogtie that young lady. Because I've never seen anybody more sincere than that moment right there. That shit, (laughs) that shit was hilarious. R. Kelly, if you're out there, if you're listening, just know that I believe you. You did not hogtie Andrea Kelly. I believe you, man. You got one person on your side for that. But anyway, uh, I hope you go to jail. I hope you do every day that the judge sentences you to. But I also hope that you heal your heart, man. Because at some point in time, before you came, before you became a monster, you were a victim. And you were a victim that wasn't given the the help that you needed and some kind of way it spiraled out of control but I will recognize that you were you were victimized and most victims become what R. Kelly is if they don't get the help that they that they need if we don't pay attention to them so if 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 anyone ever comes to you and tells you they've been sexually assaulted sexually molested believe them take care of them watch over them and give them the help that they need get them the attention that they need because we got enough monsters in this world man so let's let's try to let's try to cure people before they become issues or before they become cancers man i i've been dealing with trying to wrap my mind around the whole Michael Jackson situation, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, the FBI came out and said that 
you know, they didn't find any evidence. Michael Jackson was found innocent in a court of law. So legally, he's in the uh, he's in the clear. But I mean, you could still be you could be legally right, but morally wrong. And if these men were assaulted the way that they say that they were, man, my heart goes out to y'all. Um, I'm not gonna necessarily say I do believe or I don't believe. I do just respect that, that you have the right to have your voice heard because we need to uh, perpetuate an environment where people do come forward so these monsters can't get away with the crimes that they get away with. So to those guys, I applaud you for coming forward. And, you know, I'm, I want to be less cynical and I want to I want to believe you guys. I mean, it just makes it hard that the person that you are accusing has been dead for 10 years and dead men can't speak. But I won't um, I won't throw shade on situations that I don't have all all the facts for. So. I hope that these men get the get the help that they need, get the care that they that they deserve. And I just I just wish we could live in a society where shit like this doesn't happen. That people like Harvey Weinstein or Kevin Spacey or R. Kelly or Michael Jackson that that we don't let their good overshadow their horrendous bad, you know? For every, I mean, Thriller doesn't expunge you, you know, 12 Play doesn't expunge you, the litany of movies or uh, the litany of movies that Harvey Weinstein produced or the Oscars that Kevin Spacey's won, like, we shouldn't hold on to that so dearly that we excuse the shit that they are accused of. Now, I feel like we should live in a society where people can be heard but also people can be innocent until proven guilty, but you gotta hold their feet to the fire and they gotta go through the, the, the legal process because shit, man, you know? Like you can't just be having these people getting away with the shit that they're getting away with for 30, 20, 30 years, you know? And then people are dead and you can't hold people accountable or whatever. So like I said, I don't know what Michael Jackson did like, all I can go off of is the facts that the FBI has come out. They've spoken out and said that they didn't find any evidence. So, all I can say is you can be legally in the clear, but morally wrong. And I just, I, my heart goes out to these men. And I respect and give them the space to have their voices heard. And I feel like everybody else should do the same. And I'll just leave that shit at that, man. Because, whew. That is heavy, and I couldn't imagine either that being me or somebody that I care for, or my children. But my children wouldn't have been at Neverland. I'll just say that, you know. But yeah, man. Whew. So this past weekend, uh, Marvel released its 21st movie in the franchise, uh, Captain Marvel. And the movie set off all kinds of troubles for Thanos, all types of opportunities for the Marvel MCU. It soared to the the tone of $153 million, but the most important thing that it did last weekend was it ruffled the 
the sensitive feathers of the fragile white male ego. For some reason, white males the country over were totally disrespected and ostracized by the release of Captain Marvel and its main character, Brie Larson. She has them screaming towards the high heavens of hatred and separatism. And uh, the the oppression of white males in the country. I don't know when the fuck white males have ever been oppressed, but somehow Brie Larson, not only did she beat the beat the Cree and save the scrolls, but ah, uh, she did what no other race of people have ever been able to do outside of them doing it to themselves. She oppress the white male in America it's out of it's, it's, it's crazy man like it's so crazy how uh, black strength or white white female unity or female unity can just rub people the wrong way and they took it to the point they took it to the level of uh, review bombing or whatever you want to call it which I also I already think Marvel has hired people to do this for all DC movies because a movie comes out, a DC movie releases, and it already has like a twenty six percent Rotten Tomato score. But that happened to Captain Marvel, so a movie that should be in around the seventy five, eighty score range. Last weekend it was at thirty thirty three percent. And then after Rotten Tomatoes uh, corrected the issue, it went up to an astounding 35% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, the level of petty for motherfuckers to go and review a movie that they have yet to even see. Like, you didn't even go to the theaters to see the movie. And you you just automatically are upset just off of a trailer like bro and if you're watching the movie it has nothing to do with male hatred like we've had a hundred years of white male film superiority yet Black Panther and Captain Marvel is gonna send you back to the dark ages because they're so anti-white male. Like, how narcissistic can a group of people be, man? Everything has to be about you? Oh, well, what if we had W.E.T.? <laughs> like, that's all the energy I want to give that. I want to just talk about the movie, man. And for everybody that doesn't care about comic books or anything like that, you can turn the podcast off right now. I, I wish you wouldn't, but you you probably want to. Yo, without giving away any spoilers, Thanos is in trouble. Captain Marvel, the movie, man, I wasn't I wasn't high on the movie going in, um, cause I guess some of the effects didn't didn't look polished and didn't look finished from the trailer. I'm a I'm a comic book fan, so I'm gonna go anyway. And in the comics, Captain Marvel 
is a great character, but it just didn't, the movie didn't, like, catch me like it normally would, but because I'm loyal, I went, and I must say, man, I went twice this weekend, I I went to see it on Thursday night at the, I always have to go to the midnight release, man, and then I went again on Sunday, and I must say, man, the movie was superb. I'm I'm looking forward to what happens in the Marvel Cinematic Universe going into Phase 3. It sets up so much opportunity to, like, expand from Earth and Asgard and all of that going into, you know, with the Guardians of the Galaxy and, and Captain Marvel and those type of, of characters. I just can't wait to see her give Thanos those hands, man. Like, the way that she tore through that ship at the towards the end of the movie. Whew. Yeah, man. So that's pretty much all I have to say about that, man. I just wanted to speak to the movie, how good it was and how I got double pleasure from it because not only was the movie good, but it set off the far right and had them with their panties in a bunch and people are still posting about it, but I mean, I'm just glad it didn't affect the box office hall. Uh, hall, and you got uh, a a strong female lead character in the MCU. Uh, they were behind DC in that regard, and I think they still are because Wonder Woman was a much better movie. But since she's in a better, you know, property, it's great that they have that. Uh, I'll be glad when they make a black female superhero movie. Like, they give uh, Shuri her shine. Or, you know, with Robert Downey Jr. possibly stepping down, they get the new uh, incarnation of Iron Man. Because, I mean, she's black. Uh, Or with Spider-Man, they actually bring in Miles Morales into the live action. I mean... This thing isn't slowing down anytime soon, so if you're a woman and your boyfriend's always dragging you out to the movies and you're tired of going to see comic book movies, you might as well just break up with him now because with the release of Captain Marvel, Marvel is still going strong. DC just got James Gunn into their uh, universe, so James Gunn, if you don't know who he is, he did the first... uh, he did the first two Guardians of the Galaxy. So, yeah, man. Comic book movies are here to stay. They're a thing. Hopefully, man, they just give us so much, so much more. Maybe uh, Marvel can buy and get uh, X-Men under their umbrella because this Dark Phoenix movie looks good and terrible. Good and terrible. Like Sansa Stark should not be playing American characters. She shouldn't be playing anybody but Sansa Stark. And uh, more more, more on uh, Game of Thrones at a later date. Because I know all of those Game of Thrones fans out there, me included, are excited about this last season, even though it's bittersweet. But yeah, hopefully Marvel can get X-Men under control. Because the X-Men, man, their catalog is so expansive. But yo, Fox... Fox has been dropping the ball. Like, outside of Logan, 
the Wolverine and the Deadpool movies, like, Fox, come on, man. I, I guess I'll give you X-Men First Class. That was straight, too. But, yeah, man, Captain Marvel, great movie. Go check it out. If you haven't checked it out, it sets up a great, great uh, finale to the Phase 2 of uh, Marvel with the uh, Avengers Endgame. And it gives us so many, so many different avenues to explore going into Phase 3 with, you know, the reassembly of the team because I'm sure Chris Evans is not going to do anymore. For some reason, he thinks that he has other things to do outside of playing Captain America. Like, you give me a role like Captain America, I'm getting 15, 20 million dollars a movie. Uh, my movies are banking billions of dollars. I'll play that movie, especially if I don't have any other options. Like, if I'm Robert Downey Jr., maybe Robert Downey Jr. could use the free time, but come on, man. Name... Name a good Chris Evans movie outside of Snowpiercer and the Captain America joints. Like, you can't. Don't even don't even try. So, I mean, that that's he's just ungrateful, man. You got you were born to play that role. You play you've been playing that role great. But I mean, he wants to do other things, so he's probably stepping out. I know Robert Downey Jr. I mean, he's going into his 50s. He's not trying to play Iron Man no more. Hope, uh, hopefully he stays around, though, consulting and, like, cameos. Like, he could be, like, the Stan Lee type, you know, just show up for a cameo with Peter Parker or something like that. But, you know, we got Doctor Strange. You got characters like Captain Marvel. You got Thor coming into his own. We got T'Challa ruling uh, Wakanda. Looking forward to Black Panther 2. Man, it's just so it's so much more that they could do, man. It's crazy. We possibly get X-Men because Disney bought uh Disney bought that that property from Fox. You know, uh Disney starting their own streaming service. So hopefully they bring back like the Punisher and and uh Daredevil and Jessica Jones, but it's probably unlikely that they bring them back. Because those movies, those shows were so dark. And I don't know if Disney has that in them. And I hope this doesn't affect, like, Deadpool. And hopefully they can just make that stuff separate. But they got so many options, man. So if you haven't checked out Captain Marvel and you do watch Marvel movies, make sure you go check out Captain Marvel, man. And uh, let's all just get ready for Avengers Endgame, man. Because it's going to be, I'm, I'm stoked. It's going to be amazing, man.